August 1999. Champion City is in peril. Captain Amazing has disappeared, and Casanova Frankenstein is about to destroy the city with a diabolical machine. Champion City needs a hero, but these guys answered the call instead. A team of wannabe heroes with ridiculous powers step up to save Champion City, but first they have to trust each other, which may prove to be impossible. In this forgotten 90s bomb that deserves way more attention, 1999's Mystery Men. I'm Connor Zagari. And I'm Austin Johnson. And this is Filmgasm. Welcome back to the Filmgasm podcast here in San Antonio. It is a blistering 110 degrees outside, which leads me to hope that this planet burns us alive before we all die from the plague of the 21st century. Just joshing, guys. Today is a great day because we are back in the studio recording together for the first time in three months. Yeah. It's good to be back, have some semblance of normality. This won't be regular, but we'll hopefully be able to do this a couple times a month. We'll see. Yeah, you know, it's good um, these days with the the podcast, it's good to have uh, options, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of podcasts just all, all over the world have realized how valuable it is to have things like Zoom and Skype and whatever it may be that people use to... To, to communicate, and we've been very grateful for that, but it's it's definitely uh, a treat yeah. to, yeah, like you said, be in the studio, especially for a movie like Mystery Men. Yes. What better film to celebrate this reunion than Mystery Men? One of my personal favorites since I was a kid, and a film that I feel was wrongfully cast aside. Yeah, oh, 100%, and it uh, just embodies the 1999, early 2000s, um, you know, pop culture. And yeah, I, I, you pointed out that if it came out just a couple years later, yeah, probably could have probably could have made a lot more money. Yeah, because yeah, this 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 did not even get close to breaking even. A year after this, X Men came out. Yeah, yes. superhero films became the big thing again. Two Spider-Man years after that out. was Spider Man. Yeah. Year after that was X Men Two, and then Batman. Then yeah. Batman. Everything just snowballed, and this missed the bus. Yeah, and this could have been a huge comedy hit if it just come out a year later, a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, it's such a missed opportunity. Not a lot of people know about this movie anymore. No, no, you really have to be, I think, of a certain age, of a certain generation to to remember it. I think people in their 30s would be like, oh, yeah, fucking mystery. Man, you know? <laughs> but then if you're our age, you, you have to have had it as a child, right? Yeah. It's something that you have loved for a long time. Something that I, I honestly had not heard of. I, I was, you know, I looked at it on IMDb and I was like, man, Connor, like, you know, raves about this movie. He loves it. And I was just shocked by the amount of people that I love in the cast. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about the other crew members later. But yeah, it's uh, astonishing that this movie just, yeah, just didn't hit. <laughs> it's frustrating. It is. Especially, I hate when a bomb is a good movie. That's the worst. <laughs> but before we get into that, we've got the rewind, where we look into past episodes yes. to see what's kicking. I've got three updates today. One for episode 15, John Wayne. One for episode 34, Halloween. And one for episode 56, The Invisible Man. I like two of those. <laughs> topics. You're going to like the uh, the update. Okay. So first up, USC's School of Cinematic Arts is going to be removing an exhibit dedicated to John Wayne after re-examining his racist and sexist views. And this comes mainly from his 1971 Playboy interview that we addressed in that episode, where he expressed his derogatory views on African Americans, Native Americans, and films with gay characters. Basically, to sum up episode 15, John Wayne is a piece of shit with about five good movies, and I'm all for removing the exhibit. 
How about yeah. you? <laughs> Hell yeah, it's about goddamn time. Yeah, we should not be celebrating this fucking racist-ass cowboy. Yeah, who, who has given a voice to so many people that didn't need help getting a voice anyway. You know what I mean? He gave a voice to the wrong people. Yeah, and, and yeah, and represents a part of our country that is not to be proud of. So yeah, yeah no, fuck that guy. Yeah, absolutely. Replace it with some, you know, an actor way more deserving. Yeah, or make, how about you make an exhibit of, of women you just fucking completely bypassed for the past, you know, 60 years who have been making films? Yeah. How about that? <laughs> we can go to fucking, you know, uh, anywhere to get John Wayne films. Like, do something where people are going to learn. <laughs> yeah. I would say, uh, off the top of my head, Josephine Baker. There you go. Would be a great person to celebrate her yeah. in insanely exciting life and career. Yeah, yeah. At a, at a you know, Chantal Ackerman or, or even someone recent like an Ava DuVernay or, you know, uh, Cheryl Dunye, someone, you know, yeah. do whatever. You know? And I'm not saying erase John Wayne from history. I'm saying don't celebrate him like he's some, you know, icon. Exactly. I, I do think, yeah, again, episode 15, if you, you want to hear thoughts about the films themselves, we, we sat through some of them and I, I got to say, they're just not for me at all. I liked a couple of them, but it really was the same movie over and over and over again. A lot of, yeah, a lot of the same shots, a lot of the same characters, just, yeah, not for me. <laughs> No, thank you. No, no, no. And again, off the screen stuff is uncalled for, unnecessary, and unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so next up, we have the uh, the highly anticipated Halloween Kills has been delayed a year. Yeah. yeah. Now set to release in October 2021 with the follow up Halloween Ends now set for October 2022. Yeah, yeah. This comes fresh off the Halloween Kills teaser trailer, which just made me more upset about the long wait. It looks so good. Jamie Lee Curtis is returning as Laurie. David Gordon Greed's returning to direct. And, yeah, I think it was a long shot that this was going to come out this year, but I just want to see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I've talked about um, on this podcast and our Oscar Sunday podcast about the the kind of, like, tone the line here where it's it gets kind of scary where you either do need to make the call to push it back a whole year because you have no idea uh, how long theaters are going to be affected by COVID. And then you have the, like, ah, shit, all your fans want to see that, like, now. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's tough, you know, it's gray and, you know, ultimately the creator is the decider, you know, and the, the company that funds it, right? Yeah. Creator, no way is the decider. The producers. It's the yeah. money. <laughs> the, the producers. Yeah. I, 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 th- I think Christopher Nolan has a say in Tenet. I really do. Tenet. Yeah. But Halloween. Uh, oh, like yeah. David Gordon Green. No. no. Yeah. Well, yeah. People don't know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do think it's a movie by movie basis and that's yeah. why it's, that's why it's so gray, man. It's, um, definitely a scary situation. Well, here's, a, here's an idea. Partner with Shudder. Release Halloween Kills on Shudder. Make it a Shudder exclusive. I mean, of course, that would be great. It'd be amazing. Yeah, it, Halloween is one of the one of the few things I really, really, especially how good the 2018 one was. I really, really want to see that on a massive screen. I know, but I think we're gonna have to start accepting that. I know. I know. We, we're not gonna get that yeah. for a long time. And, like I would. I'm even more in the boat of I'd rather see Halloween on the big screen than Tenet because I just <laughs> fucking love Halloween. Yeah. I, I know Tenet is like. Re- really relies on that the you know christopher nolan relies on the the massive you know massive screen and the surround sound but uh, halloween is just so dear to our hearts here at filmgasm that that one i cannot imagine watching on my couch i know <laughs> but 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 yes if if there was an option b other than the theater i think i think partnering with shutter would be the, the best move um god that app is amazing already shutter and if it got something like that It'd be, it'd be so huge for the app. I know. It's, yeah, it's just wishful thinking. There's no way in hell that would ever happen. No, but you, yeah, you can, uh, it's a little hypothetical, you know, fun little <laughs> idea there. 
And finally, uh, Invisible Man director Lee Winnell is going to be directing the upcoming Wolfman reboot starring Ryan Gosling. Yes. Talked a bit about this on the Oscar Sunday podcast. This is just a great choice. It's a great follow-up to The Invisible Man. Lee Winnell has proven his worth as a modern horror director, and I cannot wait to see what he does with The Wolfman. My God. Yeah, we, we just, I mean, I, you know, just talked about how excited we are for Halloween, but, oh boy. Wolfman? This is, <laughs> this is, this is all my favorite things. One of my favorite up-and-coming directors, and, and a guy who's been in the game more than people think, right? Yeah. Uh, just as far as directing his own stuff, uh, he hasn't, he hasn't done it as much as other people, but, you know, the Ari Asters and the Jordan Peels and the, the Eggers, I, I put Lee right there with those guys. Yeah, he, he's, he wrote he's a, older. He wrote know? a bulk of the Saw movies. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He, he's older, so he's been in the game longer, and and he took his time and like really figured out his style and what he's good at. And I just I think upgrades like a damn near masterpiece. And I'm so excited to see what he can do with a guy like Gosling. Yeah. With with this caliber of a story like Wolfman, oh, I can't wait. And with Blumhouse in his corner producing well, this. Yeah, yeah. Good lord, this well, is yeah, going to be great. You can't go wrong, right? Blumhouse, I'm not going to say every Blumhouse production's great, but you know when you see that and you see the right director, you're like, "All right. We're <laughs> we're good." It's not going to go great every time, but they're they're going to take care of it, you know. Yes, exactly. They're going to take care of it. That's gonna, all gonna, I want. They're going to put some effort in, yeah. So you never heard Mystery Men prior to this episode. We've established that. Um No, no. In fact, in fact, Mystery Men you you were like, dude, have you seen Mystery Men? And I was like, no, I haven't. And you were like, this cast is crazy. It's like one of my favorite, you know, childhood movies. And I was like, well, we should try to figure out a way to do it on the podcast. And we decided to do uh, one per every cycle now where it's a personal favorite. Yeah. Um, next cycle, Josh will choose his uh, personal favorite and we'll let him, you know, tell you guys which one that will be. And then I'll choose one. And this was your choice, man. Yeah, Mystery Men. <laughs> <laughs> so th- this is like a... I've talked about films that are kind of pillars of filmgasm. And I look at Mystery Men as one of those because it's 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 already jumped in and changed part of this cycle of our podcast. Yeah. You know, movies have done that before. Once upon a time, Hollywood did that, where we were like, shit, we need to talk about movies that are coming out now uh, because of how good it was. And I love that Mystery Men did that, man. Like, it's something that we can go to that's so off the wall. And this is truly the only podcast <laughs> for a movie like this. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, there's a good to fair chance that this was the first superhero movie I ever saw. I mean, I know I had Batman 89 and Batman Returns as a kid, but I think this one is the first one I ever saw. What you actually watched. Yeah. yeah. And I've just, I always assumed that this was a, a known film. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you grow up with these movies, you think everybody watches these movies. But no, it turns out it's just me. <laughs> Since 99, it's pretty much just been me. So... I'm I'm very excited to talk about this today, and uh, I'm glad I got to introduce this film to you because yeah. holy shit! <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's awesome. I, I I would love to to own this one. I, I, if I see it somewhere, I'm gonna snag it. You're not gonna find it. I had to hunt this shit down. <laughs> Where'd you find it? Online or Amazon? <sighs> I was yeah. hoping you would have like hunted it and found it at some random ass store. No, <laughs> no, Mystery Men. They stopped making those for the store. <laughs> Just occurred to me, like I don't have Mystery Men, so I went online. and Was like, all right, now I yeah. have Mystery Men. <laughs> I've done that for a few. I've done that for a few movies. I understand. <laughs> oh, looking into the history of this movie was bizarre. There is a lot that went into this movie and very little that came out of it. Yes. Mystery Men was inspired by characters from the comic book series Flaming Carrot Comics, created by Bob Burden and published under a number of comic companies, including Image Comics, Dark Horse Comics, Renegade Press, and Aardvark Vanaheim. 
The series stars a character called the Flaming Carrot, who sports a giant carrot mask, a nuclear pogo stick, and a 9mm pistol. <laughs> He's a founding member of the blue-collar superhero team, the Mystery Men. Though the film took a great deal of liberties and added new characters, the basis came from the Flaming Carrot stories. The only characters to come out of the comics that made it into the movie are The Shoveler, Mr. Furious, and Dr. Heller. The film was directed by Kinka Usher, and it remains his only film to date. He had done only a handful of commercials, and according to Hank Azaria, he was fine with that. This is a quote he allegedly said on the set of Mystery Men. Quote, I'm going back to commercials when this is done. I've had enough. I'd much rather do my cool little one-minute shorts that I make than deal with all this nonsense. Damn. This is a man who really hated Hollywood. <laughs> yes. He did one movie with a crazy cast and was like, fuck this, I'm out. And yeah, he hasn't done anything since, except a couple commercials. Insane, man. And you look at the names surrounding this guy. Yeah. The the executive producer of this movie produced I mean, Die Hard, Die Hard 2, uh, The Wrong Guys, Field of Dreams, Boogie Nights, Streets of Fire, uh, The Warriors. Like, what, what in the hell? <laughs> the cinematographer, same thing. He worked on Apocalypse Now, all these crazy films, Terminator. So all these people around this director are like all stars. Yeah. It's like, and then the cast. You got Ben Stiller in 99 when he's like this just Titan, you know? Yeah. <laughs> William H. Macy, who's, who's fresh off of uh, off of Boogie Nights and Magnolia um, and Fargo. Jesus Christ. You know, it, it's amazing on paper. You're like, oh, yeah, man. Like this is like a this is like a team that can win the championship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a team. This is a 100 million dollar box office. Like, yeah. And what? It's amazing. And this director. Yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> this director's just in the chair like, man, I, I think this was a trial run for Kinka Usher because his had to be his best buddy is Michael Bay. There you go. So Michael Bay in 99 had just done Bad Boys and The Rock and Armageddon. He was hot shit. Yeah. So I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that he got his best bud at a directing gig and <laughs> he fucked it up. He probably brought in all these big name cinematographers and film editors. It was like, all right, you got an all star team can't here. Fuck up. You can't fail this. Kinka, come on. And Kinka's like, I don't like this. I want to make commercials. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's what happened. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. The film stars Ben Stiller as Mr. Furious, whose power comes from his boundless rage. Stiller is a comedy superstar, writer, and director whose many influential films include Zoolander, Meet the Parents, There's Something About Mary, Dodgeball, The Royal Tenenbaums, and Tropic Thunder, among many, many others. Unbelievable. <laughs> it, he really is, at this point, to me, he's, he's like, underrated at this point. When people don't categorize him in the same, like, Sandler, like, he's there. Yeah. When you look at the resume and you look at what else he's done to fucking directing Escape of Danamora. Yeah. Uh, this guy's this guy's wicked talented and has done so much over a, you know, 25-year span. It's amazing. It is. And I, I fucking love him in this. I, he's my, yeah, he's my favorite <laughs> character. I, I, I kind of always love Stiller. I'm kind of a sucker for his... The, uh, the the comedic route of, you know, when he just plays like a hothead, yeah. like in Dodgeball and, and Heavyweights and Happy Gilmore, when he's just like, you know, really, really like, Ugh, you know, uh, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. All that stuff is, I love all that stuff. And he will go I, to sleep works. or I will put you to sleep. <laughs> I read that in a book. Uh, it's a metaphor, but it really happened. In my house now, Grandma. <laughs> Goddamn. Yeah. yeah. But Mr. Furious is just... he. Everyone else is at least trying with their powers. He is just like, you know, 
furious. That's his whole shtick. He's, he's just really angry all the time. Yeah. yeah. It's hilarious. Well, yeah, it just works so well for Stone. Yeah. God damn. Um, Oscar nominee William H. Macy plays the shoveler, who shovels very well, as he put it, and is sort of the unofficial team leader. Macy was nominated for his performance in 1996's Fargo, and he's also appeared in films such as Magnolia, Boogie Nights, Air Force One, Jurassic Park 3, Sea Biscuit, and he stars in the Showtime comedy series Shameless as Frank Gallagher. Woo! So William H. Macy is big, big stuff, and like you said, fresh off an Oscar nomination and a host of Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Yeah. He plays the shoveler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I fucking love that. I love a guy who, who, who who's willing to do that. Who's willing to, to act, to put his fucking walls down. I, I love this cast. I love, I love Jeffrey Rush. We're going to get to him for, for doing this, for doing this I movie. I, I, I respect it. Lucille, God gave me a gift. I shovel well. Yeah. I shovel very well. God, when he goes home, <laughs> when he goes home for the first time, you see, you see his family and she's just like, don't encourage him. <laughs> it's been 12 years. Yeah. yeah. That's that's like one of my favorite moments of the whole movie. I, I will get there. I love that. Part. I just love that he's his whole thing. Like he thinks he has a gift from God that he can shovel better than anybody on the planet. Okay, okay. <laughs> and, and William H Macy, right? Isn't he? Isn't he kind of a master at like the helpless? Like, okay, right? You know, whiz kid Donnie Smith. Yeah. And in Fargo, he's just like uh, back I, against the wall the whole movie. You I know. totally buy him as a guy who wants to be a superhero, so he becomes the shoveler. I totally get that. 100%. Uh, William H. Macy can play the guy who is buying a lottery ticket every goddamn day. Yes. And I'd watch the movie just about him buying the ticket. <laughs> Don't even care if you won, because he's never going to. Ex- exactly. <laughs> oh, here it is, Johnny. You know, like William H. Macy would fucking wave it in the clerk's face, you know, and walk out. I, I watch a movie about just that. He's got this, like, infectious optimism about him. I love it. Yeah. I adore him, man. Yeah. Oh. Vocal performance genius Hank Azaria plays the Blue Raja, a British accent sporting fork flinger who wears no blue, but insists his name makes perfect sense if you are familiar with British history. <laughs> Azaria is known mostly for his voice work on The Simpsons, yeah. voicing iconic characters like Moe, Chief Wiggum, Carl, Cletus, comic book guy, Dr. Nick, Professor Frank, the sea captain, and up until recently, Apu. He's also appeared in films such as 98's Godzilla, The Birdcage, The Smurfs, and Night at the Museum, Battle of the Smithsonian. The amount... Of, the birdcage, man. All those different characters he can play on The Simpsons fucking blows oh, my mind. That, yeah, that, that, that's, that's a whole um, other... The, the, mm-hmm. To have that in your bag yeah. as, as, an, as an actor and to be able to, to voice, yeah, is very special. Hank Azaria is fucking awesome. He's, yeah. I love him in this because you think he's British until his mom starts talking to him. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, he's just that, some... Okay, okay. And that was one of the scenes where I was like, man, this is really good directing. Like... The way it's moving, I was like, "This just feels off." Like, why, why is this movie's like like look so good, <laughs> and have this wonderful editing? It's like, oh, because these guys are like hall of famers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus! It's just the director that's <laughs> that's a little lost. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, I don't think the, the directing's a problem. In no, this. no, he, no, no, he's yeah. not. He's not lost. That's that's the wrong way to put it. He's he's um. He's up against some guys who are moving. The tempo of the movie is so fascinating. I, I highly suggest people go, please go seek out Mystery Men. Yes. Fucking rent it for two ninety nine. dollars It on is Prime. on Stars to stream if you oh. have that. Uh, so perfect. Go to town. Please do that. Come back and listen. Because, yeah, this is it's a special movie. It is a special movie. Comedian Janine Garofalo plays the bowler, 
who wields a bowling ball possessed by the ghost of her gangster father. Garofalo received critical acclaim for her role on The Larry Sanders Show and has appeared in such films as Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion, Wet Hot American Summer, and Ratatouille. And the bowler is interesting because she's so, like, uh, antagonistic towards pretty much everybody. Yeah. But she also really wants to do the right thing. And I love her constant bickering with her dad. Because <laughs> you never know, like, is there really a ghost in there or she just schizophrenic? Exactly, yeah. I mean, I go with, yes, there's a ghost in that ball. But... What an interesting idea. <laughs> I mean, holy shit. Just to have, yeah, it, it, the the commitment to some of the, the character development is, is really cool. And really, again, really special because there's not a ton of time to go over the bowler, but what we do get is, is so good. Yeah, I would have loved a sequel to this. Oh, man. God, what they could have done. Imagine, can you imagine this cast coming back together for uh, like now? Oh, they fucking hated each other. Really? Yeah. Like the whole like nobody while, got while along. Filming, yeah. Nobody got along Jeez. on the set of this movie. So, so that that's okay. Right there. Yeah. Is part of the director's job, right? Mm-hmm. Is um sometimes sometimes you'll you'll hear these stories where the director's like, actually, I didn't direct as much as I did manage. Yeah. <laughs> and th- that shit happens, especially if you have these a cinematographer like this and an editor like this and a producer like this, um, and a source material <laughs> like this. Uh, uh, yeah, man, he, he didn't have control, obviously. The That's biggest sad. beef was between Ben Stiller and Greg Kinnear, apparently. Okay. Nobody knows what the source of that beef was, but it was a strong one. Interesting. So, well, they're both, you know, at certain points in their career where they both think they're hot shit, you know. Yep. I get it. Uh, what year was as good as it gets? 97? Yep. So, yeah, Greg Kinnear had just come off some hot shit there, too, so. Yep. Tough. Ugh. Paul Rubens plays the spleen. <laughs> a lisping weirdo who was cursed by a gypsy to have magic flatulence. Rubens will always be known for his role as bizarre man-child Pee-wee Herman from Pee-wee's Playhouse, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and a number of other movies. In addition, he's also appeared in such films as Batman Returns, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The Nightmare Before Christmas, and Matilda. And I like Paul Rubens. I don't care how I don't care he was jacking off in a porno theater. Who wasn't? I love Paul Rubens. <laughs> It wasn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, is that news? <laughs> what What do you, th- you think people are going there to see these quality films? No, yeah. nobody is. Um, yeah, I really like the Skittles that they carry. Like what? <laughs> Why are you at the porno theater? Well, they just have they just do something with their popcorn. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, can, the, I, I can eat it with one hand. Yeah. The spleen is such a strange character. Tr- truly. And this this is um this one may not work in everybody, right? Yeah, I've, I've I've lost a lot. A lot of friends have like given up on the movie when the spleen showed up. That, yeah, it's like the character, you know. Yeah, there's just like farting all the time. It's, it's really gross. It's really no, you know, no hygiene. It's not for everybody. Not everybody likes that kind of character. True. I think he's brilliant because all he wants to do is the right thing. All he wants to do is be a hero. I can I. I I'm kind of neutral on 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 Paul Rubens and the spleen. I'm kind of neutral on both. Fair enough. I understand. I he's really, not for everybody. If he's taken away, I, I think something's missing, but I, I don't think it's um, too grand like like the other characters. He's ridiculous, and he is an acquired taste. Yeah. But... Well, especially especially Pee-wee, right? Especially Paul Rubin's yeah. like, baby. Uh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's a big leap from Pee-wee Herman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Kel Mitchell plays the invisible boy who can only become invisible when absolutely nobody is watching him. Perfect. <laughs> Mitchell is known uh, mainly as one half of the 90s comedy duo Keenan and Kel, along with SNL's Keenan Thompson. 
The two also appeared in the 1997 cult comedy Good Burger. Oh, yes. And uh, I love the Invisible Boy. He's so innocent. <laughs> I, yeah, I love Cal. He's uh, just, I love the idea of somebody who can turn invisible, but only when nobody's looking at him. You guys gotta look away. <laughs> Even himself, he can't look at himself either. <laughs> That's just great. Can't be in a room with mirrors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kel's great. Isn't it, isn't it um, kind of shitty how Keenan is just like been working nonstop for the past 20 years and, yeah. and Kel just hasn't, didn't quite find his footing. If this had been a hit, man. <sighs> it really sucks. Cause yeah. I, I just, God, Kel. On Keenan and Kel, I always leaned towards Kel. The orange soda bits were always really, really fun for me as a kid. And I, yeah, I, I miss him, man. I love him in this. I think oh, he's that, great. Yeah, I love the Invisible Boy. So, did you think he really had powers, or did you think like the laser was going to kill him? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I thought the latter. The latter. You thought he was just going to be zapped immediately. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> as great as that would have been, I love that he actually did end up having powers. Me too. Me too. I would have been fine either way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> what a character. And uh, then we got Wes Studi as the Sphinx, who is terribly mysterious and speaks in formulaic riddles. Studi received an honorary Academy Award earlier this year for his long and car- colorful career in film. Some of his notable performances include The Last of the Mohicans, Heat, Avatar, and the Showtime series Penny Dreadful. And he is awesome. Wes Studi is so above this kind of movie that I love the fact that he's even here. Yes, again, <laughs> an- yeah, uh, another awesome actor who doesn't doesn't need to. Do you know what this. else I really love about this movie that I didn't notice until I watched it recently is the insane diversity. Yes, I love. Just look at these names, and you're yeah. like, whoa, yeah. I mean, not that you got like you know, Shoveler is in a mixed race family. I yes. mean, you've got you know, uh, a Native American as their like teacher. Yeah, I mean, it's just great. I love the the <laughs> the fucking disco boys. Run by you know, yeah. a black dude and a white dude, Tony C and Tony P. Yeah. It's fucking great. <laughs> They're fantastic. This, I love that. I love the, yeah, diversity is great. The Sphinx. Um, I love when he slices the guns and that never comes up again. <laughs> like, he can do that. Uh, yeah, the formulaic riddles are fucking hilarious. That, that, that's something that they were like, oh man, this will be good when it comes up in the sequel. And then they, yeah. Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oscar winner Jeffrey Rush plays the eccentric, psychotic villain Casanova Frankenstein. God, that name. Rush won his first Oscar to date for his performance in 1996's Shine, and he was also nominated for 1998's Shakespeare in Love, 2000's Quills, and 2010's The King's Speech. Personally, I love him as Captain Barbosa in the Pirates of the Caribbean films. He's my he's my favorite part yeah. of, of the Black Pearl by, yeah. By, by the first three, I, dude... The end of Dead Man's Chest when Barbosa like came out of nowhere and it's like I'm leading you in, into hell. I was like, "Fuck, I lost my shit." As a kid, I was like, "This is gonna be amazing." Oh, yeah. Dead Man's Chest. <laughs> Dead Man's Chest was a brilliant experience at age twelve. Oh, yeah. oh the, my god. Those first three Pirates movies, I fucking adore. I, I still, I still throw them on occasionally. Yeah, all they're, the time. They're they're like they're like uh, like comfort food. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. I feel, I feel good. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> Will Turner. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Fucking awesome. Jeffrey Rush. He fucking kills it as Casanova Frankenstein. He hems it up to 11, and he is clearly having the time of his life. Yeah, he's doing a lot of acting. A lot with his eyes, too. Yes, yes. That's like off-kilter, thousand-yard stare that Casanova has. You can tell, like, yeah, he's been in a mental hospital for 30 years. For sure. (laughs) I'd say so. Yeah. And that's that's such a great name, Casanova Frankenstein. Uh, One of them is great, but then together... So ballsy, so yeah. awesome. I love it. There's so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> what? 
Where are you from? (laughs) (laughs) And then we've got uh, Oscar nominee Greg Kinnear as Captain Amazing, the city's true hero who is actually an attention whore with a jetpack. Kinnear was nominated for his performance in 1997's As Good As It Gets. He's also appeared in such films as Little Miss Sunshine, Sabrina, You've Got Mail, and We Were Soldiers. And he was perfect as Captain Amazing, this just self-obsessed, sponsored super douche who only cares about publicity. Yeah. that's I love that idea of, like, what if Superman, you know, was sponsored by Taco Bell? Like, <laughs> that's exactly what happens here. Well, and, and I, I find it to be, whether it be for laughs or not, I find it to be what would happen if, if I, if I all of a sudden, um, had a revelation and I was able to, you know, you know, I became Spider-Man and started shooting webs out of my hands and climbing on walls and being able to, you know, run really fast and jump far. I, I would think that, yeah, um, like Nike would be like, Hey man, we'll build you this suit and give you these shoes so that you can effectively yeah. help, you know, help stop crime or whatever. Like that, I, I think that's kind of realistic. It's exact. This is the most realistic <laughs> superhero movie ever. This is exactly what would happen. The, the conversation with Ricky J, uh, in the car, like at the beginning of the film, is is in my mind more realistic than any of the conversations Lucius Fox has with <laughs> with uh, Bruce Wayne. Quick question: Is this your best? <laughs> <laughs> fucking the Pepsi one. Yeah, so good. That's yeah. That's how it would go. That's how that shit would go. It'd be uh, like fucking PR conversations. Yeah. <laughs> God, man. I, I think that's, I think that's a shame that that hasn't been touched on more in, in serious, uh, superhero films. I said it once to say it a million times. This film was decades ahead of its time. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Really. If it would have come out in 2010, once all of that shit had come out oh, in, in the, the midst of the MCU, exactly. holy shit. Exactly. This would have been huge. Oh, I would have been, I, I would have been <laughs> sucking this <laughs> Suck this movie's balls because if I would have seen this at like 15 after watching Thor 2 or, or, or Thor, I would have been like, yes, like this is this is for me. <laughs> like like the the idea of yeah, kind of making fun of that that idea. It, it's yeah, it's 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 awesome and sometimes can hold more truth than the actual yeah. real real superhero movies if you want to call them that. Yeah, <laughs> loving that honesty. Oh man. And finally, Tom Waits plays Dr. Heller, weapons designer, world changer. Yes. Waits is a notable blues artist who moonlights as a character actor, having appeared in such films as Seven Psychopaths, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, The Book of Eli, Bram Stoker's Dracula, and The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. He is such a strange person, but he's perfect as this like eccentric, non-lethal weapons designer who lives in an abandoned carnival. <laughs> uh, okay, ban- sure. A- abandoned carnival, Tom Waits... Chickens that's all, everywhere. That's all I really need to know, and yeah, like makes sense to me. If you pause his business card, he has so many jobs. Weapons designer, inventor, chicken rentals. <laughs> Singer, yeah. Yeah, Tom Tom Waits, uh, I would say, as, a, as an artist, uh, acquired taste, but I, yeah. I like him a lot. I, me I really, too. I really do. I think he's got some great tracks. Yeah. I loved him in Seven Psychopaths. Oh, yeah. I, I do. I think he's an effective actor, um, yeah. and I, I think he's used correctly in this movie. For sure. Just the, just the right amount. He's like there. Exactly. He's there, Lucius. Yes. Mystery Man has an IMDb score of 6.1, Rotten Tomatoes score of 61%. It grossed only $33 million on a budget of $68 million and bombed hard at the box office. But I think it's become a, a cult hit by now, but not as well known as I would have thought. The cult should be a little bit bigger. Yes, indeed. So now let's go into the plot of Mystery Man. 
Oh boy. Okay. So, Champion City. Champion City. Looks like fucking New York City and Paris had an illegitimate child. Yes. That spoke Chinese for some reason because there's Asian lettering on everything in this yeah. movie. Yes. And uh, it's your generic superhero city, Gotham City, Metropolis. And we go to this old folks' home <laughs> where uh, these old folks are having some kind of like centennial or something. And it gets attacked by a gang called the Red Eyes. Ah! And they start robbing old people. <laughs> and they're interrupted by the Blue Raja, the Shoveler, and Mr. Furious. And Mr. Furious, I love his introduction. People who don't close their mouths when they chew make me furious. Then he leaps off a table, lands on the fucking floor, and they drag him up. <laughs> Beautiful. He doesn't land a single punch. What a little whipped cream, Mr. Cherry Top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, delivered so well. And they're all fucking up because they can't fight. <laughs> Shoveler, like, hits Mr. Furious in the face. Blue Rajah throws a fork at Shoveler's ass. And they're just, they're losing badly. Yeah. yeah. And then Captain Amazing shows up, beats all their asses. Everyone's thanking them, and they tr- and then his publicist comes out of nowhere and is like, "Let's meet the press." Like, fuck. Yeah. So so it's like as if a uh, you know you're you're watching uh, a basketball game and you know Le- LeBron plays really well and then um, you know he goes over for the the little interview afterwards. It's as if that, but superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> really messed up. And he's like, "Oh, let me go talk to yeah, let me go talk to uh, these these folks here. They have a few questions." Yeah. So awesome. <laughs> Furious is like laying on the floor with like, you know, his head's bleeding. Shoveler and Blue Raja go and introduce themselves to Captain Amazing. Yeah. And he kind of makes fun of them. He's like, oh, yeah. they're superheroes. Well, keep up the good work. And they yeah. take it as a salute. And But Furious is like, yeah, he's fucking with us. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love I love how, yeah, Shoveler's like, oh, right. You know, and he saluted and us. That was real. Stoops, stoops like, oh, like him, you know, he's... <laughs> he, yeah, his antics immediately... Immediately, you know, Stiller's going to be on his game. Yeah. When, you know, this is this is my first time, and I, I was like, all right. I When he jumps off the table, and then, yeah, you, you hear the way he's talking, and you're like, okay, he, he's fucking locked in. <laughs> At least that character's going to be great, and then everybody else is too, man. Uh, and he, uh, Captain Amazing's walking through the crowd. He completely bypasses that kid who wanted an autograph. Yeah. Yeah, just like a dickhead athlete yeah. would or whatever. Yeah. He's answering questions in the press, and we're like, what do you do in your free time? He's like, oh, I wish I had some free time. <laughs> and they ask him if it's true that he lost the Pepsi endorsement. He's like, I didn't hear about that. <laughs> Gets in the car, and then <laughs> he's just arguing with his publicist, like, uh, is this your best? You lost Pepsi? <laughs> he's like, look, I'm trying here. <laughs> yeah, which is which is fucking Ricky J. Like, yeah. how awesome is that? <laughs> All of when he says, I'm a publicist, not a magician. Yeah. That made me laugh. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was great. <laughs> and he argues that if you want big news, you got to have big fights. And Captain Amazing defeated all of his enemies. So there's nothing left to publicize. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, he's arguing about like, well, get all these guys. I love. He's like, get Death Man. And Ricky Jay's like, Death Man's dead. <laughs> I fucking love that line. Death Man's dead, man. And they go through all of his villains. Father Doom has life without parole. Armageddon's in exile. Baron Von Chaos got the chair. <laughs> Apocalypto's doing 50 years. Oh, man, I don't have any more competition. And then they mention Casanova Frankenstein is locked up in a nut house. And Captain Amazing starts reminiscing about their battles and has an idea. So, but before that, <laughs> the other superheroes are walking off their wounds. They run into these cops. <laughs> and the cops are fucking with them. Yeah. Mr. Furious is not like to be fucked with. Yeah, he tells them 
do me a favor, don't flip my switch tonight. <laughs> he's like, the cops are like, oh yeah, well, what would that do? <laughs> his friends are like, don't turn around, don't do it. But he turns around and is like, I think you know exactly what that would do. And they start having a back and forth. Yes, yes. <laughs> and another one of my favorite lines when Furious says, don't mess with the volcano, my man, because I will go Pompeii on you. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Ridiculous. I, I, I cannot wait for the moment that I can tell someone that I'll, I'm going to go Pompeii on this. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so they just... Don't mess with the volcano. <laughs> God. They walk the, away. This <laughs> character and Tony Perkis from Heavyweights are is like, <laughs> what is Stiller doing, man? I, I love him so much. <laughs> oh, my God. So as they're walking away, they just tell him, dream on. <laughs> Furious is shouting at them, I will keep dreaming. I will keep dreaming, my friend. And you'll be asleep. You better hope that you're asleep. Sweet dreams. Lilac. I'll keep keep dreaming. (laughs) Fucking hell. Oh, man. Have you seen, real quick, have you seen Envy? I fucking love Envy. Okay, that movie is very underrated. It's really, yeah. Him and Jack Black. A lot of what Furious is doing remind me of when he's like, oh, for God's sakes, light? (laughs) When he's arguing with his wife in Envy. Light? (laughs) Oh, God, I love him so much. Oh, my God. I see a lot of White Goodman in uh, Mr. Furious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, if White Goodman had a good heart, this is what he would be. (laughs) Uh, So, we go to the Insane Asylum, where Casanova Frankenstein is having his, like, 19th parole meeting. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, his therapist argues that he's cured, and everyone else is like, are you crazy? Uh, this guy nearly killed everybody. We probably shouldn't let him out. And they ask Casanova if he's got anything to say on his behalf, and he's, like, kissing their ass, like, oh, you, you are such good people. This is such a place of healing. We're all brothers. And then Amazing comes in, dressed in his, you know, as his alter ego, billionaire Lance Hunt. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's, Casanova and him kind of have a look. Like, right, right there, you're like, oh, Frankenstein knows exactly who he is. Yeah, yeah. He's his Lex Luthor. That's what this is. Yes. And uh, (laughs) Lance Hunt argues that he just had dinner with Captain Amazing, and he gave him a letter, and it's a letter arguing for Casanova to have a second chance. If you look at the letter, it's a fucking grocery list. (laughs) Because Captain Amazing is full of shit. That's one of his powers. (laughs) So with the board saying, like, well, if Captain Amazing's on board, then I guess we don't have a choice. And they release Casanova. And Casanova goes back to the city like, oh, it's time. <laughs> I'm going to fuck this place up. Game on. Yeah. <laughs> He's been waiting for this for 30 years. Oh. So, uh, Furious, Shoveler, Blue Raja go, for, go to have dinner at this like cafe they frequent. And they're just talking about like, well, what do we do? And Furious is like, well, I, got, I know a guy who knows a publicist. So we throw in 150 and he's like, I don't have 150. Like, these guys are not, you know, they're blue collar. And, and, and I love, I love that. Uh, Furious is like, um, there's another moment, a, a, a little bit earlier where he's like, um, questioning their commitment. Cause he's like, you guys really going home? You know, like there's, there's still time in the night left to, you know, fight crime. And, he, and he's like, fine, I'll like do it alone, you know, or whatever. And he, I, I, I love that. I love that kind of commitment from any character who's just, no matter what, even if it doesn't, you know, matter or mean anything, it reminds me a lot of like uh, 
Charlie Day's antics in, in It's Always Sunny, where it's like he keeps doing this thing, keeps doing this thing, even if nobody pays attention or nobody notices or nobody cares, he keeps going because that's his character. Because that's what a hero does. Well, not Charlie, but Furious. Yeah. <laughs> I love how I love uh, I'm gonna go Pompeii you could say well when Charlie's like I'm gonna go America <laughs> yeah. I can see the gang trying to be superheroes but For I feel sure. like they would take the Captain Amazing approach to wanting to be yes. superheroes <laughs> yeah well yeah you got Dennis, Dennis we, we, we need to find sponsors <laughs> God, that's perfect oh my god I'm just <laughs> I just for some reason the scene where Dennis is like I need my tools <laughs> just popped into my head <laughs> I must have my tools <laughs> crazy son of a bitch <laughs> so when they're at this restaurant they start talking uh furious is convinced that lance hunt is captain amazing and i love shoveler's response is like lance hunt has glasses <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so ridiculous they meet the waitress and uh her name's monica it never comes up the movie but in the cast list her name is monica and that's claire Ferlani. and uh furious has a thing for her but he's very off-putting because he's constantly insulting her when he gets angry <laughs> And uh, after their dinner, they're leaving, and they see uh, some less than reputable characters show up in a big old uh, pimp mobile. <laughs> Mr. Tony C and Tony P, <laughs> leader of the Disco Boys, <laughs> the most ridiculous <laughs> gang in movie history. And they're just guys who never left the 70s. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're obsessed with one thing, and that's disco. Yeah. <laughs> disco is it. It's beautiful. I love it. Commitment. Again, I love commitment. So, obviously, they're they're curious, like, why are they back in town? And Furious is like, well, let's go follow them. Shoveler and Blue Roger are like, well, now I gotta get home. And yeah, like, yeah, here you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was hanging out with a couple of serious superheroes. <laughs> yeah. but apparently, I'm hanging out with Lazy Boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. Oh, oh, I thought I, <laughs> I, thought I was working with a couple real, <laughs> real superheroes. And, and uh, Shoveler's like, well, I have a wife and kids, <laughs> you loser. <laughs> uh, and that's that's when you get, uh, you know, William H. Macy, to me, some awesome acting when he he's so good at these, like, awkward, like, just coming home. Like, hey, yeah. honey, I'm home. In Fargo. Oh, like, he, he, he does that over and over. Honey, I'm home. You know, the timid. <laughs> but in this case, it's a little bit different. And you see his wife and you see his kids and you're like, yeah. oh, man, the little kid, like, believes in him. Yeah. <laughs> But you get it from from the wife's point of view. I mean, this is a dangerous oh. city. Yeah. I mean, and, there's crime and, everywhere. And Twelve years. That's a long time. Yeah. That's a long time to be shoveling. Yeah. <laughs> shoveling crime. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So Furious takes it upon himself. He's gonna go follow the Disco Boys. Yes. He's like, well, I guess tonight the Lone Wolf hunts alone. <laughs> yeah. That, that whole that whole line. You're waiting for him to say something smart, but no. He's trying to start his motorcycle and he trips and falls and hurts his balls. I love that. He drives after them. <laughs> uh, uh, we then go to Casanova, who has gone to his mansion and has cleaned up a bit. Yes. His mansion looks like something out of Tim Burton. Like, it's just all fucked up and weird, which makes perfect sense for his machine. You know, he's got, clearly got a very twisted frame of mind. And... uh yeah. The set design's fucking flawless in this movie. This this movie has insane production design. I can't believe that got no attention. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and there's there's stuff I, I meant to point out with, with the. I don't know if you notice it. So, some of the some of the shots, uh, like with the two cops when they're coming at him. Some of those shots are fucking incredible, and you're not really paying attention to that because you're you're watching a superhero movie. Yeah. 
But I, when I, I watched it twice over the past week, and uh, the second time I wasn't, you know, um, super locked in, but there were a couple moments where I was like, this is, like, really beautiful cinematography. Yeah. And that <laughs> that's something that, yeah, that's just going to get completely lost, just like the production design. That's sad. You keep dreaming. Wanna be? Oh, wanna be? <laughs> They're such assholes. So Casanova is walking through his mansion, and he runs into Tony P in the disco room, dancing to the Bee Gees. Yeah. This giant-ass disco ball. And <laughs> Tony P freaks out. Disco is not dead! Yeah. Disco is live! <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eddie Disco Izzard's is fucking great in this. <laughs> He's crazy. His hair, man. <laughs> that is the best quaff oh, I've ever seen. Solid. <laughs> throw, throw a fucking rock at that, and it just bounce off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish we got more Tony C in this we don't really get to see him that much there, yeah there, there are there are a few roles here which i uh uh something like tom waits as well a couple characters that are that are like less is more where it's like oh man that's true they're really yeah. but but i'm with you yeah <laughs> i still wish i could see more <laughs> uh, that's 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 the movies man you know yeah uh so casanova tells him all right i have you know spread the word to the gangs i'm back and i have a plan and then he blows up the insane asylum yeah. Immediately. And even Tony P is looking at it like, shit, that was much. Like, I think that the vibe I got from this movie is that Casanova was like a B-list supervillain who's like, you know, aha, you'll never catch me. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. In like a helicopter and he's like, curses foiled again. He spends 30 years in a mental hospital and he's now he's the fucking Joker. <laughs> now he's like, yeah, everything's going to die and I'm going to kill it. So Chaos. Captain Amazing did this. It's, this is all his fault. 100%. Fucking Lance. Fucking, yeah, Lance. So he flies to the mansion to confront Casanova and get the big publicity. And uh, Furious has tailed the disco boys to Casanova's mansion. So he's in the bushes watching all this with a motorcycle. I mean, with a binoculars. He sees Captain Amazing. And he's like, ooh, it's a booty call for Captain Amazing. <laughs> like, he's just watching all this shit. <laughs> and Amazing goes into the mansion, confronts Casanova, and they're talking like they're old friends. They know each other's weaknesses and you know, strengths and identities. This is a very long relationship. And Casanova traps him, gets him chloroformed, locks him in the basement with his machine. And Furious is like, I saw Amazing go in there, we gotta go save him. And his buddies are like, I don't know. Like, is, it really, is it really worth it? They're not really that committed to this anymore. No, Furious is the only one who's like, come on guys, like, let's, let's do this. Uh, 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 so then we go to see what exactly Casanova's plan is. He has Captain Amazing locked into this thing called the Psychofraculator, which can bend reality. <laughs> and it's pointed right at Captain Amazing's head. And Amazing immediately starts cowering and begging for his life in a weird way. Like, there's no, there's not a heroic bone in this bastard's body. No. He's, he's an asshole, straight up. He was willing to sacrifice the whole city if Casanova just let him go. Yeah. But Casanova's like, oh no, you, you die first. <laughs> like, this is personal in every possible way for Casanova. I would love to have seen their final fight, like, prior to, you know, how did he... Yeah, 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 yeah. I would love a prequel to this. I, 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 um, amazing versus Casanova. Yes. That would be really cool. Mystery Men, the, the rise of Casanova Frankenstein. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I'd watch the shit out of it, yeah. <sighs> we would be it. <laughs> it's a damn shame. I really wish more people loved this movie. There'd be more chances of things like that. Hey, hopefully people get inspired. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Furious, the Shoveler, and the Blue Raja try to go save Captain Amazing. 
and are immediately confronted by the Disco Boys. Yes. And what they start doing is mocking the Disco Boys for not having a commitment to the disco flavor. They're like, why do you, why do you have a pipe? What are you, the disco plumber? <laughs> <laughs> There's no theme here. Like, damn, these guys have a set. <laughs> I don't care if they are disco. If a fucking gang is about to beat me to death, I would be a little bit more scared. Me too. Jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so they get their ass kicked by the disco boys. Yeah. And are like, well, shit, we can't get in there. There's too many of them. And Furious is like, well, what if we level the playing field? Let's get more heroes. And Shuffler's like, who? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, well, there's got to be somebody. And Blue Raja brings up the Sphinx. And they're like, well, what's his power? It's like, well, he's mysterious. He's terribly mysterious. They're like, that's it? And Shuffler po- pokes in, well, and he can cut guns in half with his mind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that afterthought. <laughs> Ter- uh. Terribly mysterious. <laughs> so... With that in mind, Shoveler heard about another guy, so they go talk to the Invisible Boy. Yeah. Who is immediately like, well, I've been waiting for this my whole life, for somebody to recognize my talents. And he goes up to his room and yells to his dad, hey, I'm going to my room with three strange men. Dad, yeah. dad doesn't even look up from the paper. Right, that, that, part, that part's <laughs> so weird. His dad's just watching TV. <laughs> hey, dad, I'm going to the room. <laughs> I'm going to my room with three strange men. What? <laughs> Such a strange line. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Me though. too. And he explains the nature of his powers to the to the guys. And the, what it is is he can only turn invisible if nobody's looking at him. And they're all like, well, this kid's full of shit. I guess we'll go check somebody else. Yeah, yeah. But then he's like, well, hey, haven't you guys ever had a dream? By the way, I know how to network. I can find all these heroes for you. And they're yeah. like, all right, you're in, kid. So Invisible Boy gives them uh, leads on a whole bunch of other superheroes. And as they're talking, the spleen walks into their cafe, and they're all like, oh, God, it's this guy. <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, it's it's like the guy who walks in, uh, you know, you're, you're having lunch with your buddies, and it's the guy who walks in, and you're like, oh. We no. all know that guy. Like, please, everybody, move, get your backpack and put it next to you so there's no space. Yep. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Everybody no, knows that guy. Yeah, we all have dealt with a few of them, probably. We've all got a spleen. <laughs> um... And he walks up to them and is like, hey, I heard you're looking for superheroes. And they're like, oh, no, in fact, we're, ta- like, we're leaving. And as they get up, the waitress comes by with their food. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> That's great. And he's like, like oh, we're <laughs> just leaving. He's like, why are you guys always dissing me? I have powers. And Invisible Boy's curious. He's like, what can you do? And he's like, well, here's the story. And they're like, oh, shit. And apparently he was walking, he was walking uh, down the street. He farted, he blamed it on a gypsy woman, she was pissed, and cursed him with a very powerful flatulence. So yeah. That's kind of the gist. It's a very weird story. Very, this, this, is, this is one of the characters that doesn't need a prequel or a... It's good as no, a side, we don't it's need a, a prequel. It's a good, as, good as a side character. We do not need to know his story. Yeah. Uh, so he demonstrates, and it's actually kind of amazing what he can do. It's a very useful power, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. He knocks out the whole damn restaurant with... His, with with his fart. It's, it's, yeah, and Invisible Boy's like, holy shit, you're in. And they're like, you're disgusting. <laughs> holy shit. So they decide, all right, fine, you can hang around. And uh, they decide that if they hold the tryouts in a place with a swimming pool, they'll probably get more. And they, so they hold it at Shoveler's house, and his wife is pissed. <laughs> She's like, a lot of men I could have married. Still is. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's great. William H. Macy. Now, 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 now. come on. 
One person vomits in the pool, we're getting divorced. And he's like, that's fair. <laughs> and now they have the tryouts, which is, oh my God, hilarious. <laughs> so this, All right, so the tryouts, they meet a few superheroes, including the the, uh, the Waffler. Yes. Played by Dane Cook. Yeah. Who has which, his. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. Um, you really have to scroll a long way to get to him on IMDb. Oh, I yeah. had no idea he was in this movie. That blew my mind. <laughs> How do you feel about Dane Cook? I fucking hate Dane Cook, but I love the Waffler. <laughs> yeah, I've never liked his stand-up at all. And then the, the few movies he's like, you know, um, like been the been the main character, like yeah. Good Luck Chuck, right? it's just not for me. I was really into Mr. Brooks until he showed up. Okay. I thought that was a yeah. really cool idea, really cool movie. I loved Costner in it. Yeah. And Dane Cook showed up, and I'm like, fuck. What is this? <laughs> yeah. Fucking Dane. Yeah, so not a fan of Dane Cook, but the Waffler is hilarious, and I wish he'd join the team. And I do, I do, I actually, I, I like, um, you know, like, Dane Cook can, yeah, something like this, maybe for just a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. He's pretty funny in um, uh, Waiting. I haven't seen Waiting. I, haven't, I, I like Waiting. I, you, you'll, like, sort of relate to Waiting because you've worked. That's what, oh, I had, like, eight different people at Draft House tell me I needed to see Waiting. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> I think, I think people who work, um, uh, since it came out, I think anybody who works in, yeah, the food industry, and has ever like handed a plate of food to somebody who is disrespectful to them. Oh yeah. Should see waiting. Cause yeah, waiting's got a few things that are great. And Dane cook plays one of the cooks huh. in the back. So you very rarely see him and he's actually really funny in it. Cause he's just like, he, he he's the guy who, uh, someone comes in right before the kitchen closes and he's uh. like, fuck, you know, <laughs> he's going nuts, you know? And, and that's, yeah, that movie's good. You like that a lot just from, but yeah. point being Dane cook should never be in something more than like five minutes. <laughs> I'll give, I'd say like 20 seconds. 20 seconds. Yeah. Five minutes is a bit much. That's the cap. Yeah. 20 seconds cap. Because we get to see his low fat truth syrup and his griddle of justice. Yes. Yes. Griddle. I bash the enemy in the head or I burn them like so. Like that whole bit is fucking great. He asked him if they have a health plan. Awesome. Oh my God. They meet pencil head and son of pencil head. They erase crime. Clever. Clever. I like that. Fucking parade of a, like just stupid idiots uh they meet ballerina man who's just this like dude in a cloak and a tutu yes <laughs> ballerina man they meet a couple wonder women who kick each other's asses because they copied their costumes yes they meet pms avenger who only works four months four days a month <laughs> there's a couple other guys my favorite was the bullfighter because that yeah. guy was clearly unstable <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I'm squeegee man. Do you feel its power? <laughs> God, that is one of my favorite parts. Just the, the montage. <laughs> well, yeah, you're waiting for it, right? You know, that scene's coming. You're watching a movie called mystery men with these, these ragtag. Yeah. These are the, if these are the guys who are actually doing it, who are the, who are the worst yes. guys? <laughs> who are the rejects of the rejects? <laughs> oh my gosh. God damn. And, uh, they close it up and they're like, well, that was a wash. And then the bowler shows up. Yes. And she asks if she's too late to try out. And they're like, yeah, you're going to have to pretend to be a superhero somewhere else. She's like, oh, yeah. And hurls her bowling ball at them and it flies across the pool. And they're like, oh, shit, she's the real deal. And so they bring her into the team. Yeah. Now they've got five. Yes. Five, six. 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 Together. six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My mistake. So now they've got a lot more people. They are driving around and they run into... Casanova, who's driving around with the disco boys. They follow them and they beat the shit out of Casanova's limo. 
It's hilarious. Furious is up on the roof, on the roof screaming, the roof, the roof, yes, the roof yeah. is on fire. People who live in glass houses shouldn't because this is what happens. And he like breaks his elbow on their window. People who live in glass houses. You find out through this that Tony P killed the bowler's father. Yes. And his uh, his ghost is inside her bowling ball, so he wants revenge, big time. And uh, after they beat the shit out of the car, they all go celebrate a victory. And uh, there's just a little scene, but when Furious like put, throws the candy, it lands on his teeth. <laughs> I mean, could you better represent that character than that one scene right there? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If you, yeah, if you could, if you could give, yeah, uh, Furious. A uh, two-second bit, that's it. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> they all get drunk, they're leaving, the shoveler's yelling, the shoveler is hammered, and the disco boys are there to fuck them up because they trashed their car. So they line them up execution style, and they're going to kill all of them, and all of their guns cut in half. And they're all like, what? So they leave, and who comes out of the shadows but the Sphinx? <laughs> Terribly mysterious. And they're like, oh my God, you're the Sphinx. And he's like, and you are fools. And he decides to teach them how to be superheroes. Proper superheroes. Yeah, because yeah. he's the real deal. And there's a uh, there's a deleted scene <laughs> where Wes Studi is a, a dishwasher in a Mexican restaurant. And he hears what's going on. And he puts down his dishes, gets the cloak, and goes and helps them out. Because he knows what's going down. That's right. He's a real goddamn hero. The Sphinx. <laughs> I, I I really wish that was in the movie. Louis yeah. Guzman plays the, uh, the the restaurant owner. Okay, that's insane. Because when I was just talking about waiting, he's one of the other cooks with Jane Cook. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. yeah There's so. a deleted scene on the DVD of, of that. There's an alternate ending that's really cool that I'll talk about later. Uh, so they go to talk to the Sphinx, and he's giving was, uh, a lot of his sayings are just ridiculous. <laughs> they make some like weird bit of sense. To learn my teachings, I must first teach you how to learn. <laughs> and they're all like, wow. And Furious is like, what? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's my main point for him being my favorite character is his skepticism <laughs> of the Sphinx is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what is this nonsense? <laughs> I love it. Uh, Philosophy? I thought we were superheroes. <laughs> Do you want to stay here and play Susie Homemaker with Captain Conundrum? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he has them like learning how to trust each other and make new costumes and pretty much just embrace their inner hero. And he's a good teacher because they all do, you know, become better, a better team because of the Sphinx. Yeah. And uh, Furious has enough of this shit. He's like, no, we got to go save Captain Amazing. We're wasting time. I'm out of here. He says, I don't need a compass to tell me which way the wind shines. (laughs) And then takes off. It's so stupid. <laughs> oh. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. I like when they're doing the training montage and you see Furious balancing the tack hammer on his head and he's like, why am I wearing the watermelon on my feet? Yeah. And Sphinx is like, I don't remember telling yeah, you to do looks, that. He just looks down. And, and he walks away. You're like, I don't know why you're wearing, why are you wearing watermelon. <laughs> why is that in the movie? I don't know. It's awesome. <laughs> Just a quick glance at Ben Stiller's feet, and he's got giant watermelon shoes. That's amazing. That's the stuff that this movie keeps doing while, while like, while Smash Mouth is playing. Yeah, All Star, <laughs> the official song of 1999 to like early 2001. 
Yes. Yeah. 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 Smash Mouth, very popular in comedy uh, during that time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he who questions training only trains himself in asking questions. <laughs> what? <laughs> so he takes off. He's kind of just vegging out at the cafe. That waitress comes over to talk to him and says, like, where are your friends? And he's like, you mean my team, my super team? She's like, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't take him seriously at all. And I love that so much. <laughs> and he walks her home. He finally manages to talk to her after he's a little sincere. And uh, he walks her home and she says, like, well, why don't you just go back? And he's like, I can't do that. I stormed out this morning. It wouldn't be right. <laughs> and she's like, they're your friends. They'll understand. And he's like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm Mr. Furious, right? I can't. I stormed out. Why can't I storm back? It'd, make, it'd be perfect. She's like, just don't play it. Just go. <laughs> Don't play it, just go. <laughs> and also you see the disco boys following her. They're keep they're keeping tabs. Yeah. So Furious goes back to to talk to them after they um they decide to uh I think this is before Do they go talk to Heller before they go to rescue Amazing or after? We thought it was before. It's before because he's talking. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah. first they go to talk to Dr. Heller to get some weapons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And they go there, and uh, he's in an abandoned carnival. There's chickens everywhere. There's this weird sound. And everyone's a little unnerved. It's gotta be Tom Waits. <laughs> yeah. And I love that he, like, picks up a hairdryer and is like, freeze. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we came for weapons. He's like, step in my office. Yeah. <laughs> and oh. Shows oh. him his stuff. He's got a thing called a blame thrower, which, like, makes people angry at each other. I love that. That sounds great. He's got a shrinker, which shrinks people's clothes based on simple dry cleaning technology. <laughs> it was actually pretty easy. Yeah. And they're like, I, like, well, whoa, you could have killed somebody. He's like, no, no, everything here is non-lethal. And they're like, what? It's like, yeah, I don't make anything that kills people. And he's like, well, that's a waste of our time. We're out of here. And to show off his genius, he hurls a can tornado at them. <laughs> and it fucks up the spleen. But it also proves this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. I love that fucking can tornado. <laughs> what the hell? Beautiful. Also, <laughs> uh, also simple technology? I don't know. <laughs> no explanation where that no, thing no, came not from. That, not in that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, all right, we'll take it. <laughs> so now that they have weapons, they go to get back uh, Captain Amazing. Yes. Furious shows up first and it's like, I'm angry about being left out of this mission. <laughs> and Shoveler's like, well, why don't you come with us? He's like, okay. Rage, slowing down. <laughs> Rage, taking over all that shit is perfect. I love it. Rage. So they go to rescue Captain Amazing, and uh, they get into Casanova's basement while he's having a, a party with his gangs. And uh, the gangs, by the way, are all super ridiculous. There's the frat boys, led yes. by literally Michael Bay. There's the not-so-goody mob, played by the actual rap group, the Goody Mob. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's the Susies, who are, like, Asian guys, I guess. <laughs> there's the Furiers, yeah, who yeah. are, like, hot girls. And my le- the, uh, the Suits. Yes, yeah, <laughs> who are yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, 40s gangsters. It's, it's ridiculous. It's very comic booky. Oh, 100%. Over the top. It's, it's funny. It's awesome. It's like that, it's like that scene in Dodgeball when they, all the, the, the yeah. teams come together and you're just like, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> so they get into the basement and... Did I say Dodgeball? I meant Anchorman. Oh. 
I was thinking of all the teams from Dodgeball, and I'm like, that makes perfect I'm, sense. I'm thinking from Anchorman when all the news teams come together. That's even better. And Ben Stiller's <laughs> is the Spanish. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that in a long time. The streets were on red with Burgundy's blood. <laughs> Vince Vaughn's the leader of the other, yeah. Tim so Robbins good. was my favorite. Oh, Public yeah. news team is taking a break from its pledge drive to kick some ass. <laughs> so good. No commercials, no mercy. <laughs> That's great. I might watch that later. That's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's a classic, huh? For, for, for that decade, for sure. So they get into the basement, and you hear somebody go, hey. And somebody says, who was that? And somebody goes, not me. And they're like, you don't have to say, not me. And Mason's like, hey, morons, over here. <laughs> they turn on the light. He's fastened into this uh, machine that he inexplicably knows how to turn off. I don't know why. <laughs> so they shovel her. I mean, uh, Furious and the Bowler start doing the toggles as amazing calls me like what do you mean toggles you mean switches like, yeah toggles so they flip the first toggle and something happens blue raja is like overexcited and amazing's like could you just go over there <laughs> he's he's very on edge but he has a good reason right now his hands are in his life's in the hands of, of morons right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> no kidding they flip the second toggle amazing gets distracted and tells him i just i just told you to flip the second toggle and boulder's like again he's like what it, uh-oh. <laughs> I love, amazing, it's very tense. He's like, no, flip it again, one time. <laughs> flip it. He just gets really freaked out. Suddenly, you know, there's a ticking clock, and he's screaming, flip it! And they're just like, what do we do? Can we reset? It's like, no, you can't reset, just flip it! <laughs> and Blue Roger's like, I'll do it. And he flips the wrong switch, and amazing gets fracculated. Yes. He gets warped and de- destroyed. And suddenly, they're all like, Fuck! <laughs> we just killed him. Shuffler's like, what do you mean we? I was right here. They go to check his pulse, and he's basically, you know, a vegetable. Not even a vegetable. He's like, he's fucked up, is really the only way to describe him. Yes. He's just like warped beyond recognition. They leave after they hear Casanova come, and Casanova walks in and is like, oh shit, <laughs> what happened? I don't think he was going to do it. No, neither do I. Yeah, I think that there was like a, I don't want to say respect, but it was more like a Tom and Jerry kind of thing. Yeah. Um, let's see. Right right here on Filmgasm, uh, I remember talking about um, we did Shutter Island and Gangs of New York one week. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking about Bill the Butcher. And then I remember talking about, um, I cannot remember his name, on Itchy the Killer and how they they need competition. Yeah. Desperately, desperately need yeah. competition because they're so good at what they do. And I brought up Michael Jordan. Yeah. who retired because he was quote-unquote bored. <laughs> I think it was because of gambling problems, but <laughs> uh, I think that's why he went to play baseball. But, but I, you know, he, he retired because he was on top and was like, there's no one can challenge me anymore. How does he play basketball dragging that huge set of balls around? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, to man. say that in the NBA, like, all of you were beneath me, when I'm he, out. When he retired, <laughs> when, yeah, when Jesus. MJ retired in 93... Uh, I, I think a lot had to do with his, his father passing away. I think a lot had to do with his, his gambling addiction. That was like very, very real. And, you know, a lot of people knew about it. And I, I think part of him was legitimately like, I want to go try something new. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm so damn good at this. And then he made space jam and came back <laughs> and won three more championships. So yeah, you know, and I, I, I love comparing like athletes and, and movie characters. And I love that. Casanova is the kind of character I look at as I need my competition. Yeah. I need it. And that's where the respect comes in. That's, you know, that's where like a lot of our favorite, like 
um, you know, like Apollo Creed versus Rocky when they first start, and you're like, man, they just have this like, I need you to keep fighting me, yeah, because it's because it's kind of fun because it's competitive, yeah. And Casanova needs that. <laughs> I think they had like a Batman Joker relationship. Yes. Because yes. there was this comic where Joker thought that he killed Batman mm-hmm. and he was depressed. He's like, what do I do now? Well, yeah. He went sane and he got a job at a bank. Yeah, yeah. But then he found out Batman was alive and immediately he went like, ah, yeah. you know, it's, I'm back. Back to normal. So Casanova was, I don't think he was going to kill Captain Amazing and this He's is very right. much like a shit. <laughs> yeah. I guess I got to go through with this now. Yeah. And uh, I love that. I love, I love Love, love, love that out of a villain yeah. who's who's who feeds off of not just uh, power but but competing constantly yeah. competing. I love that. Well, his look on his face is very much like, oh god, like it's like watching a friend die almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and like if someone's gonna do it, it should have been me. God damn it. Yeah, there's a lot of that too. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of the like, well, fuck yeah. <laughs> well, he finds a fork and realizes, oh shit, it's those assholes who broke my car. <laughs> Yeah. And he screams, a fish fork is no match for my machine. Yeah. Like, he is pissed that these idiots got the better of him. So he's like, all right, we should take out some insurance. Mm-hmm. So that's when they kidnap the waitress. Yeah. Or they're going to. So they go back to Dr. Heller's to find out what the hell this machine was. And Heller, being an expert in weapons, knows exactly what this thing is. It's a psychofraculator, which can of course. create, like, turn illusions into reality and fry the brain and warp everything in sight. It's a very dangerous machine. Most of the scientists who worked on it end up in the mental hospital, which is exactly where Casanova's been for 30 years. Yeah. So they're all like, well, what do we do, Sphinx? And Sphinx is like, sometimes the true hero is the one who has the courage to run away. And they're like, I like that. All right, let's let's fuck off. Yeah. And Shoveler's like, we can't run. And he's making egg salad. And he argues, full cholesterol. Wife won't let me touch it. Doesn't seem to matter anymore. We're all going to be dead anyway. And they're all like, well, what? <laughs> He's like, no use waiting for the cavalry because we are the cavalry. I love this speech so Me much. Too. He's like, it's uh, yeah. time to step up. We are the heroes. We yeah. need to. We're the only ones who can save the city. So let's, you know, nut up face, or shut up. Face the music. Yeah. What have we been working towards? This. Yeah. Yes. This is what we play for. Shoveling for the past twelve years <laughs> for this moment. <laughs> God. <laughs> so he tells him like. You know, it's time. Like, so are we going to kick some Casanova butter or am I going to eat this sandwich? Blue Roger's like, what the fork? Let's do it. <laughs> so they um, they decide, like, they work out a game plan. Furious mentions this old uh, tank that he has at the junkyard where he works. His boss is always telling him to junk it. <laughs> I forgot about that whole bit. <laughs> I'm a powder keg and you're the match. <laughs> That's a great, great scene. <laughs> so Heller's like, oh my God, I know that's the best non-lethal military weapon ever made. Let's fix that up. So they all say like, all right, let's go say goodbye to loved ones. We got one more night. Let's, let's do this shit. So Furious goes to say goodbye to the waitress who just wants to find, wants to know his name. <laughs> he says his name is uh, Phoenix Dark Dirk because he tries to sound badass, but he's really bad at that. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, all right, and walks away. Phoenix Dark Dirk. He's like, fine, it's Roy. And she's like, well, just be Roy. And he has a fucking identity crisis now. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, I want to be Roy. No, I want to (laughs) be... Roy? I'm Roy. Yes, I'm Roy. (laughs) Freaking out. Uh, Blue Raja goes to say goodbye to his mom and confesses that he's a superhero. And she's like, well, here's some awesome forks. And he's like, wow, you're taking this really well. (laughs) 
I love she says, I was saving these for your wedding day, but from the looks of it, that's probably a long way yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Shoveler goes to say goodbye to his wife. He's like, I'm leaving you if you don't come back at like in the morning. And she, he's like, well, I got to take that risk. And she's like, whoa, so this is serious. Like, you can see it in her eyes, like, oh, shit, what's going on? <laughs> some some, some, some uh, real real uh, family stakes come into play. Yeah. Real family stakes. And you're like, oh, man, you know. Chevalier has to choose between his marriage and saving the city. Yeah, and, you know, Raja's living with his mom, and uh, oh. Furious, you know, is just furious. Yep. But, yeah, Chevalier's a dad. Chevalier's a dad. And a husband. He's a family man. Yeah. He's saving them. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Chevalier. I love it. So at the junkyard, Roy is freaking out. <laughs> He's just talking to himself like, who am I? I'm Roy. Yeah, I'm Roy. <laughs> and they're all like, snap out of it. God damn it. We need you furious. Like, Come on, man. You, they told the, the urban legends that he once lifted a city bus. And he's like, well, it was more of a push, really. And they're like, that still takes a bunch of strength. It's like, well, the guy had his foot on the accelerator just in the beginning. Then it really was me. <laughs> they're like, well, shit. <laughs> there goes the legend. <laughs> there goes the legend. So they put on their new costumes, and it's an awesome montage. I love when they walk out of the fog as, like, you know, the new mystery men. Like, yeah, yeah this is them. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's fucking gain off the gray to gain off the white or something. Furious <laughs> tries to turn around, and they grab him. <laughs> they get into the into the Jeep, and they start driving to Casanova's place, and he's having a big old, you know, end-of-the-world party. They drive through his door and use this big magnet to take all their guns. Love that. And uh, now it's on. The down. Casanova's people get behind this like laser guarded area. Invisible boy uses his power to turn off the laser. I don't know why his clothes come off. <laughs> he's not a ghost. <laughs> I don't know. They turn, yeah, they turn around and he's butt ass naked. And they're like, maybe you should put some shorts on if you want to keep going. <laughs> come on, Cal. Casanova's putting his, you know, people where they need to be. And uh shoveler goes after these disco boys. I yeah. love that. He starts beating their asses with shovel. It's got to be satisfying to take oh those assholes God, down. Yeah, dude. I, w- I was hoping that would happen. Any idiot who's doing like a disco dance in front of me, I want to beat with a shovel anyway. <laughs> It'd be nice to have an excuse. Whoa. <laughs> Shut the fuck yeah. <laughs> I love it. He throws that one guy out the fucking window. Yeah. And then Tony C shows up and starts fighting him with like a curtain rod. Love it. He disarms the shoveler and he yells, dig this shovel man and hits him, but he stops him with a trowel and then beats him right in the fucking face with the shovel. Tony C is out. Hell yeah. <laughs> Disco man. You probably tell by my enthusiasm that I, I really love this movie. <laughs> Hell yeah. Cause it's, cause it's great. <laughs> oh, so, uh, <laughs> they, um, they work their way through the mansion. Uh, Sphinx disarms the, the furriers by hitting them with the, uh, the shrinker and their clothes shrink. They didn't really put up, put up much of a fight. No. <laughs> Big Tobacco gets the gun yeah. Yeah. Uh, with the blamethrower after they used it on the goodie mob. <laughs> They're just yelling and slapping each other. And uh, <laughs> Spleen ends up getting shot in the ass and tries to test his powers and it wipes out the, uh, the Susies. <laughs> yeah. Valuable. <laughs> Weapons check. Goddamn. Ugh. <laughs> uh. So as they approach uh, Casanova, they realize he took Monica. He has the, the waitress and uh, threatens he's going to cut her throat with his really sharp fingernails. And they disarm themselves. And uh, he activates the psychofraculator, which wreaks havoc on the city. So a lot of people died. Yes. So they basically failed, but they still got to take out Casanova. And uh, the team tries to stop the device, 
Blue Raja uses his secret fork flinging powers to get, make a ladder for Furious, and that's that might be my favorite part of the movie. It, it's it's genius. <laughs> my, my my favorite bit is is the introduction because of how insane it is when you first see Furious jump off the table, all of that <laughs> stuff, and when you see Raja at home with his mom, and he's like, "You're embarrassing me," you know. All of that stuff was like brilliant character introduction and brilliant development within ten minutes. Mm-hmm. But I, I, this is a close second. Right here, it's like they're fucking real heroes. They're yeah, a team. They're yeah. going to do this. Yeah. And yeah. the music swells, it and you see like yeah. the determination in his <laughs> eyes, and he's like, just fucking awesome, man. <laughs> he climbs up the forks, he gets to the top, and he's like, going to take on Frankenstein. And he's, <laughs> Furious says the stupidest line in the movie. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say it without laughing. They must have ripped the Q section out of my dictionary because I don't know the meaning of the word quit. <laughs> it's the dumbest shit ever spoken god damn uh, I, I'm kind of amazed at the <laughs> the the lack of like uh, of care to like oh I gotta get a good line here like he went that far to it's not a quick line it's pretty long yeah, yeah it's like wh- what is that it's Casa- not a one liner and Casanova's looking at him like why are you here <laughs> like, this this is what replaced Captain Amazing yeah this is ridiculous <laughs> this is my competition yeah <laughs> Oh, but look out. Yeah. My God. <coughs> so, uh, Casanova starts fighting Furious with his, like, super long nails. And you get yeah. that cool shot of, like, following the finger where he, like, slices open it's Furious's awesome. head. Yeah. And they fight, and Furious is losing. And Casanova knocks him to the ground, and the clock starts ticking, and, you know, the, the machine's going. And you hear Furious go, rage taking over. And the camera pans over to him, and he's like legit hulking out. His inner rage. <laughs> His girlfriend's looking at him like, oh my God. <laughs> She's terrified. And he beats the shit out of Casanova. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculously. And hurls his ass into the fraculator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. With the awesome one-liner, fraculator franken puss. <laughs> God damn. And Casanova gets ripped apart by the fraculator, and they're all like, Damn! Where the hell have you been? (laughs) (laughs) He jumps off the stairs with the with the girl, tells her to get out of there, and they're like, "Well, now we got to stop the machine." And uh, Furious suggests a group hug, and uh, Bowler hurls the ball into the into the uh, machine, saying, "You know, goodbye to her father." It's a very poignant moment. Yeah. And uh, Bowler, you know, the ball just destroys the machine. That kind of looks like bowling pins. I like that. The machine gets destroyed. The mansion explodes. They save the day. Yeah. Bam. It's perfect. Just like that. <laughs> they come uh, out of the wreckage, the media, who are like, who are these guys who saved the city? And now they have publicity. <laughs> we are the mystery men. You know what would have been awesome? Ricky J shows up and is like, if you ever need representation. Yeah, here's my card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you ever considered uh, advertisement? <laughs> I'm your guy. Yeah, I can get Pepsi on the phone like that. <laughs> well, maybe Coca-Cola. <laughs> Pepsi, Pepsi didn't like me too much anymore. Jesus. Jesus Christ. So good. Yeah. And they just say, you know, we want to let we want this victory to go out to the little guys who are good at their jobs, so don't get any credit. Dude, it's the best. That's yeah, that's awesome, right? Yeah. Uh all the blue collar folks out there. They just keep keep uh keep working at it no matter what. Shoveler's wife and Raja's mom are like, wow, heroes. They're actually, They're heroes. Yeah, this is what they were talking about. Yeah. yeah. Monica's like, my, I'm dating a superhero. Yeah, She's happy yeah. about it now. And uh, they ask their name, and Invisible Boy just yells out, the Super Dudes. <laughs> like, no. Furious is like, we don't have a name yet, but we are not the Super Dudes. 
And Sphinx is like, I got it. We're the super squad. And they're like, no. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. It's perfect. It's, I love this movie to death. Ten. Straight up. For me. A ten. I love that. I love that. Yeah, you, you um, definitely have a tremendous amount of passion for it. Yeah. Uh, I'm really glad you showed it to me, man. I want to watch it again uh, and again and again. I give it an eight. I like it a lot. This is a solid movie. <laughs> uh, the main thing here, if you're still listening, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> what I do hope is that there are listeners who who were like, oh, I haven't seen this, and you had pointed out that it's on stars, and we're like, I'm going to go check it out, and then came back, and I hope you then came back and listened to it. Uh, thank you for listening, because this is this is a special movie for, yeah. for us, and um, it is the first movie that we have um, implemented as a chosen part of the cycle within the book of Filmgasm. Yes. And, uh, uh, great pick, man. Great pick. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that alternate ending I want to talk about. Yes. Instead of the bowler throwing her ball in, the original ending was they hurl a can tornado down there. Okay. Yeah. Which is neat, but it doesn't have that same poignancy of Bowler giving up her father. Yes. To sacrifice. Yeah. yeah sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. Who then pops up again in like a charred ball. And she's like, yeah, you saved the world. I got you. Stop talking about it. <laughs> Stop talking about it. Oh. Uh, here are some film guys and facts. Number one, according to Hank Azaria, the cast argued constantly with each other over the comedic tone of the film. So that didn't help. I mean, you got a lot of different comedians in here with a lot of different styles. Yeah. A lot of arguments going to happen. Yeah, especially if there's not a uh, a guy who can who can control it. Like, say, um, I'm trying to think, 1999, what's a comedic director that would have had more? Fairly Brothers. Okay, there you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, Dumb and Dumber or something about Mary, and then do something like this, where they'd have the respect and the the comedic um, vision. They'd have Ben Stiller on, uh, on a leash, too. Yes, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's a good call. Someone, s- something around, yeah, like that from the 90s who could have... Although Kinka Usher, for being inexperienced, oh, did a pretty decent job. Uh, agreed. On on screen, I think there is some really good direction going on. Again, I think the cinematography is awesome. You point out the production sign, it's great. I just, um, <laughs> I, I think uh, hearing about how there was arguments going on on set over the tone is frustrating because... That, that literally is the dr- job of the director to... Establish tone. To establish tone and make it known while they're on set, I'm in control, it's okay. Like, if you have questions, you can come to me. Yeah. And that, that like, our favorite guys, that's, like, what... That's exactly what they do. Yeah. They can answer all questions. They have everything fucking written down in the script and uh, make sure everything's going correctly. This is a... This is one of those special cases, yeah, where... Well, I can understand, like, if I'm a first-time director, I've done, like, a couple beer commercials, and I'm put on set to control Ben Stiller, Jeez, William dude. H. Macy, Hank Azaria, Jeffrey Rush, Greg Kinnear. It's and my, and, and it's, a crew, yeah, yeah. And it's my job to handle this shit? I'm gonna be intimidated as hell. Hell yeah, hell yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 like, understand why this movie, why it happened. I just, uh, I wish the producers would have seen into the future and been like, okay... Maybe this guy, maybe this guy should get a chance on a different movie. Maybe that, maybe this should be someone who can like get these guys to shut up. But the finished product worked so well. Yeah, it's tough. I don't understand why it didn't make anything. (laughs) Oh, god damn it! It's tough. It's not a mess at all. It's very tight. I don't think so either. Yeah, you just hear that stuff that happens off screen, right? And you're like, man, I wish it would have been. I wish it would have been a better experience for the actors and a better financial. Experience for everybody involved. Yeah. I, yeah, I do. It, 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 shit happens, man. Shit happens. Ugh. Number two, a number of the sets used in the film are the same sets used in Batman Forever. Which is pretty cool. 
I like that. They have a very similar uh, look. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I'll, I'll point it out again. Cinematography. It reminds me of the um, the stuff I've fallen in love with superhero movies of, of, of the 90s, of, you know, the, the Batman. Batman and Batman Returns, and I adore that style where you can feel the comic book tone in the city. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and Champion City, it has that. Mystery yeah. Men has They've that. They've got like a hundred foot statue of Captain Amazing in the middle of the city. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> that, all that stuff, whether it probably cost a shit ton of money, <laughs> I, I, I love when people take care of their fucking sets, man. Oh, yeah. Number three, the Mystery Men were the supporting cast of an underground superhero comic book called The Flaming Carrot. Mr. Furious and The Shoveler were the only ones from the comic to make it into the movie. Captain Amazing was created as a replacement for the Flaming Carrot, who was felt to be too bizarre to bring to the, the screen. Which I agree, yeah. I think a big old carrot man would have been a little distracting and uh, probably would have ruined this movie, in my opinion. Number four, the wannabe heroes auditioning at the pool party include two power women, Super Vac Man, the reverse psychologist, Mr. Pups, the waffler, ballerina man, mailman, pencil man, uh, Son of Pencil Man, Little Miss Vengeance, Squeegee Man, Maintainer, The Artiste, Big Billy Hillbilly, PMS Avenger, Radio Man, Two Pigs, Martial Artist, Gorilla, Evil Devil Woman, Global Man, Gardener, The Bullfighter, Stilt Man, Fisher Man, and Thirsty Man. <laughs> Stilt Man is a real comic book villain in the Marvel Universe. Okay. He's a daredevil enemy. There you go. Stilt Man. And the female counterpart, who you think would be called Stilt Woman, is called Lady Stilt Man. <laughs> Lady Stilt Man. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, for every kingpin and bullseye, you got about 50 shitty ones. I, yeah, I give Mystery Man a solid 10 out of 10. It's a personal favorite. I love it to death. I think it's a brilliant satire of superhero movies, and it's way ahead of its time. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely ahead of its time, man. Um... We are going to dig into hopefully more superhero movies in the future. Yeah. And uh, I, I love that this is one that we're doing early um, as far as talking about superhero movies on this podcast. We've opened uh, the floodgates for sci-fi, fantasy, action. Yeah, and we talked about Joker. We had a special Weird Shit Wednesday about the Joker character, and we got to kind of dive into, um, you know, the, the animated films as well and, you know, the special um, contributions from guys like Mark Hamill. And we've gotten to um, talk about Joker itself with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. But but it, it is rare that we just flat out talk about a one-off film, superhero film. Yeah. And yeah, this is a lot of fun. I, I can't wait to go more into that, into the X-Men's and into the MCU's and, you know. Well, as much as this podcast was built as a horror movie podcast, I really want to kind of establish it more as a genre film co- podcast, all-encompassing yeah. of just weird movies. And uh, well, yeah, movies yeah. that aren't really, you know, mainstream, I would say. Not, not mm-hmm. mainstream, but more like, you know, genre. Just not dramas, yes. not comedy. Stuff that gets ignored by the Academy, mainly. Uh, um, Mystery Men is such a perfect example. Yeah. Where it is like this, yeah, it's a superhero satire comedy. Has some poignant moments. It's a some... movie about superhero rejects, and the film itself was rejected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, uh, uh, yeah, and that's, that's exactly the kind of stuff we do. Um, on, on Filmgasm, man. And then, and then our other podcast, Oscar Sunday, we can highlight some all-time monumental yeah. uh, films that have changed the you know cinematic landscape, if you will, and uh, talk about directors and writers and that sort of thing with that kind of a lens. But yeah, here on Filmgasm, you're definitely going to get the weird. Yes, and doesn't get much weirder than this. Embrace it, yeah. 
And that uh, that takes us to the spotlight where we discuss some of the films we've been watching in our spare time. Uh, why don't you start us off? What have you been easy. checking out? Easy, easy. You uploaded a my review for The Player. <laughs> um, yesterday you uploaded that review um, movie from 1992 that I got around to finally. I've heard great things about it. It's got one of those on paper, you know, everybody's again is a hall of famer just like in mystery men <laughs> the player the player has a different kind of uh <laughs> different kind of a uh what would you say lore to it <laughs> than mystery men uh the player's directed by robert altman and I, I i find it to be a masterpiece um tim robbins uh you know I, I love him in shawshank but he's doing some stuff in the player that i didn't know he could do um some darker stuff that i didn't know he was capable of doing the cast is filled with just hollywood legends um throughout the entire time and the music's incredible it's one of those it can't you can't go wrong if you like movies you're gonna like the player uh sort of thing and i highly suggest watching it it's on it's on the criterion channel right now i don't know if it's streaming on anything else but you can find it it's not something that's been like lost or anything but on criterion they have the uh it's called films play itself uh collection and it's all movies essentially about making movies or you know something in the movie world and the player is about a studio executive uh, played by Tim Robbins. And he, all he does all day is, is he, he hears scripts from people, you know, p- pitches, yeah. ideas for movies. And um, he starts getting these letters, like threatening letters from, from a guy's script he rejected. <laughs> and it gets funny and dark and weird and just flat out genius towards the end. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't recommend this movie more. It is rare that I come by a movie that I think that is totally for me and totally for everybody else. <laughs> Cause I know my taste is um, a little bit distinct and some of my favorite movies of all time are, are just some people are going to hate. I know that. Yeah. But the player, I feel complete opposite about, I think anyone who, who calls himself, you know, a cinephile or film buff or an average movie fan will love the player. Sweet. I couldn't recommend it more. And I, I know you're going to adore it. I know you've, <laughs> I know you've, you, you, Tim Robbins is one of your, you know, one of your guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're going to adore this movie. It's Sweet. Great. That's awesome. Sounds really cool. Yeah, what have you been? Uh, what have you been checking out? Because we we both have been <laughs> writing a ex- pretty amazing amount of reviews. We've like been a- releasing like one a day each. Been trying to, yeah. And um, it's kind of all over the place, but I love it. What 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 would you choose to spotlight? I chose a film that I would re- I would really like to do on Oscar Sunday one day. Uh, 2008's Frost Nixon. It's the story of the much anticipated uh, interview series between talk show host David Frost and disgraced President Richard Nixon, fresh off uh, his resignation. And this was something that was not... um, Frost funded it himself because no uh, channel wanted to give him the time of day because he was a goofy Australian uh, talk show host who was known for doing, like, you know, stupid shit. Yeah. And uh, he was going to interview the president of, like, the most... at Like, a crucial time in our nation's history where... Nixon kind of got away with it without, yeah. you know, a, a trial or a confession or anything. This was the guy. So he did it all himself out of pocket, interviewed Nixon and became the man who broke Richard Nixon yeah. on camera. Yeah. Got him to admit that he was involved in a cover up and it's based on a play and the guy who did the play wrote the screenplay. Michael Sheen and Frank Langella were both in the play and the chemistry is fucking flawless and is such an in- intelligent engaging movie mm-hmm. that really shows the human side of both of these characters. Yes. And I love you get to see how Nixon was conflicted with his decision regarding Watergate. How it really haunted him 
He knew he did the wrong thing, but he refused to ever admit that he did the wrong thing because he thought it would undermine the presidency. If only we had leaders today that would be that considerate about the presidency. But uh, yeah, Frost Nixon's a must-see for any history buffs out there, for anybody looking for just really good performances, yes. a good like back and forth. Uh, Ron Howard, who made the movie, called it The Thinking Man's Rocky. Which is pretty neat because it, it very much is like a mental boxing match between these two. And yeah, I couldn't recommend it enough. It was a great movie. Hell yeah, man. I, I've always thought Michael Sheen is just like criminally underrated. Cr- oh, insane. I love Michael Sheen. Cr- criminally. And, and for him to not be up from this movie and for Frank to be up is like fucking stupid. He got snubbed for this. He got snubbed for The Queen. Oh, well, yeah. I don't even, I mean, one, 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 I, one a movie that I think he's like... Absolutely, you know, devastating and is, is, is the damn United, but nobody gives a shit about a movie about soccer, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> about Leeds United and Nottingham Forest and, you know, the 70s and 80s. And, yeah, but but he but he he can fucking do that. He can do this, this massive American story, or he can do what he does best in England, you know, and, and just um, play, play a soccer manager. It's incredible. I, you, I love him. Have you seen any episodes of the show uh, Prodigal Son? Fuck yeah, of course. <laughs> Fuck yeah, of course. Michael Sheen plays a deranged serial killer on that show. He's fucking unbelievable. He's the best thing about that show. I, uh, yeah, he's, he's, why, he's why I was interested in He's that. so good in that show, I wonder, like, why is he here? He is leagues better than everybody <laughs> on this show. Like, he's holding this show up. Like, why? How much is he getting paid? Yeah, yeah Jesus Christ. I hope he's getting points. Yeah, man. I, <laughs> Fro- Frost Nixon's a great call, and it will for sure be something we'll do on... Um, Oscar Sunday, 2008's an interesting year, and I, it was up for Best Picture, and I think it has, um, uh, should have had a better chance, yeah. Yeah, I agree. That is all for this week, listeners. This Sunday, if you want another dose of movie fun, we're discussing the 1934 comedy It Happened One Night on our second podcast, Oscar Sunday. Next week, we're going back to 2014 to tackle a little-known horror gem. When a soldier arrives at a family's house claiming to be the friend of their son who was killed, They take him in, and he becomes a family friend. But soon, weird shit starts happening, and they begin to realize the soldier is not who he says he is. All this and more in 2014's The Guest, which is currently streaming on Netflix if you'd like to watch along with us. Until then, remember, anybody can be a hero if you have colorful tights and a vague skill. From now on, we're Movie Man and The Projector, (laughs) fighting crime with the power of useless movie trivia. See you next Wednesday. Peace.